back to Simply Stogies Presents The After Show, Clear the Air. I'm your host, as always, Tim. And what I do here is I listen to the latest episode of Simply Stogies and I try to dissect it a little bit more. I bring Nick and James, the hosts of the Simply Stogies podcast, back to the show and we just talk about it. We have fun. As always, James is with me. James, how are you doing? What are you smoking? <laughs> I'm stressed the fuck out. I know you're doing. stressed. Uh, yeah. So for those of you watching uh, or listening, this is being recorded like two days before I take off for the trade show because I'm driving. So I am I, I am just running around trying to get shit taken care of and make sure that everything's good. I picked up equipment an hour and a half away from Randy uh, this weekend. I had a funeral this weekend. Um and then just everything on top of that uh, around the trade show. I'm just, uh, I'm tired. I'm smoking a Luciano uh, Dreamer Hermosa number four, uh, which is uh, his, uh, he told me it was his favorite Vitola uh, in this blend. So uh, I figured it was a good time to smoke it. I think I only have one left now. Uh, I've been smoking a lot of the stuff that uh, I only have one left of. And uh, I'm kind of sad suck, about though? it. though? Oh, you know, kind of does. Cause you're like, man, it's my last one. I don't want to smoke it, but at no, the same time, you know, it's good. Yeah. This afternoon while I was, uh, uh, editing, uh, the podcast that we're talking about right now, uh, I was smoking, uh, my last warped El Oso Blanco, which is absolutely a phenomenal cigar. And I was, uh, kind of sad, but it's also 4th of July weekend. Uh, so it's time to, uh, you know, celebrate. I, I I'm trying to figure out cause I have, I have this thing. I bought a box of, uh, uh, the American from, uh, uh, Corona and Jeff Borshowitz, uh, three years ago, I think. And so this will be the third year and I only smoke it on the 4th of July. Well, 4th of July I'm driving. So yeah. maybe I'll smoke yep. it tomorrow instead of, uh, on the 4th. I don't know. We'll see. Check the Instagram. Uh, uh, and that's, uh, Are you going to do Instagrams uh, on your on your journey to Vegas? <laughs> no, nobody wants to see me while I'm road raging. Uh, down, Which down, is something down the that you do. That is something 100% that I do. Yeah, I need to get that under control. Uh, I am also smoking the uh, Dreamer which is one of my favorite cigars. This is the uh, Lancero and I think I only have like maybe two of these left but I figured for this episode, for this occasion, I would smoke it Unfortunately, Nick, doesn't look like you're smoking. What's going on with that? Yeah, I stopped smoking entirely. I decided <laughs> I'm not I'm not into cigars anymore. Time to find a new hobby, business. Yeah, I'm out of the business. I find uh, that really hard to believe. <laughs> yeah, me too. Yeah. Well, unfortunately, today, because of the day we are recording, filming, um, I'm happen to be home. And I can't be outside my home because there are thunder showers or at least the threat of thunder showers. And I just didn't want to get rained on in the middle of the podcast. So I am doing this from the comfort of my office. However, thanks to the family dynamics, I am not allowed to smoke in my house. <laughs> so I will have to just live vicariously through you two. I season. feel your pain. I feel your pain, man. Yeah, how many times, James? How many years did you have to smoke outside and endure five? the Iowa weather? Yeah, five five years in the in the brutal, harsh Iowa winters, negative thirty below, in the garage, huddled around a propane heater, uh, and then eventually in a in an ice tent with an electric heater, 
I don't miss those days at all. I don't miss them. Speaking of an ice tent, uh, I believe <laughs> yeah, that you have something of mine. I do. Uh, at some <laughs> point, like I'm not. Look, the 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 hoopty that I'm taking is going to be full. <laughs> So I, I doubt I'm going to be able to bring it when I pick up the equipment from your place on my way to Vegas. But yeah, that that's uh, that's your ice tent, man. You can uh, yeah. go ice. It's already pre-seasoned. I have seasoned it for you. And that's why I thought it was such a great deal. No, and I the last time I was over at your place, I didn't even think about grabbing it. I was just like, oh, okay, here we are. This is what we're doing. And then when we get done, I just leave. And it wasn't until like a day or two ago. I was like, wait a second. Maybe I can throw it in the back seat. We'll see. We'll see if I if can. If not, fit it. no worries. Yeah, I'll see if I can't bring it this time. N- no worries at all. All right. So let's talk about the latest episode of Simply Stogies with Mr. Luciano Morales. Is that how you say it? Morales or Morales? Uh, I think Morales. Yeah. I mean, either way, that it's would be my the same, guess. right? Yeah. Yeah. So I know that for James. He is the type of person that you have wanted on the show. Like you, you're a fanboy, whether you want to admit it or not. So how was it getting him on the show? You know, we were talking before, uh, before we hit that record button over there. Uh, and, and it's like Nick said, he's one of the good ones. And there, there are a lot of good ones in the industry. I'm, I'm certainly not trying to disparage anybody in the industry, but he's one of the good ones. And, and I think I, I said this on the show uh, at the 2021 trade show, which was very small, uh, by all accounts, uh, I was there with with Tim, and we were able to get a lot covered, just the two of us, because the middle of the pandemic, not a lot of people there. Uh, he was the first interview that we had, and he was awesome. It was the first time I met him. It was the first time trying anything Ace Prime at the time, now Luciano Cigars. Uh, and he was gracious. He was humble. He was excited. He was a lot of fun. And whenever I get to see him, uh, the 2022 Mild Kentucky Herf, the 2023 Mild Kentucky Herf, it's always been, I need to get you on the show. And he's like, whenever you want, man, whenever you just, you let me know. And he's very, he's, he's just awesome. And I remember I asked him last year uh, at the uh, 2022 uh, Mild Kentucky Herf, I asked him about the success you know, and how he deals with it. Cause I did ask him for his autograph and he was just like, he was so humble. Uh, and he was this year when I asked him about that, uh, because a lot of what he touches does turn to gold. Um, I, I can't think, and again, I'm not trying to disparage anybody in the industry, but there's not anything out of the Luciano lines out of his core blends, um, that I don't, that I don't enjoy. Uh, even the Moss Igneous, which is supposed to be paired with wine, and I, I can't drink wine, and I, I still enjoy that cigar for what it is, but it, it's certainly not something that I reach for all the time. But the Dreamer uh, in all of the Vitolas are are, are, are great cigars. Um, the the Mario Lucia is a fantastic cigar. Uh, he's just uh, really the Sergeant. I like the Sergeant. Like a lot of people don't. I love the Sergeant. That's um, one I need to revisit because when yeah. I initially had it, I wasn't really impressed, but several people have told me that you just let it rest a little bit and it really comes to life. So I really do need to try that cigar again. So I don't know if I would put Luciano and this isn't a dig at Luciano at all, but I don't know if I would put him in the same category as like a Jeremy Castagli or a Nick Sirius. Say what? Where I'm a, where wow. I'm a fan, where I'm a fanboy. Huh? I'm a fanboy of Nick's. I'm a fanboy of Jeremy's. I don't know if I'm a fanboy of Luciano. 
I think I respect Luciano for what he does and how he does it and how he he, he presents himself. Um, but and his blends are very good. But I would, to be honest, I, I I'd usually I would I would reach for a, a an LH a Claro, uh, or or your LE or especially the Nikos, uh, it, over the Hermosa number four. And I really like this. I think I gave this in a low nine, so like nine two nine nine one. I think when I reviewed this, um, but his, his stuff's really good. And in what he puts into the business, I think is, is, is a lot for everything he gets out of the business. He puts right back into it energy wise. And, uh, there's a lot to be said for that, especially in an industry that is known for sometimes holding people back. He, he, he really tries to give back and help people out. So kudos to Luciano for that. I mean, he does come across as a very modest and and pure guy, but I'm I'm looking at Nick on the other screen, and and he looks a little confused about the props that you just gave him. Yeah, yeah, I'm confused <laughs> uh, quite a bit because when I think of Luciano, I met him about a year and a half ago at the last, uh, not this past, but the previous Kentucky uh, Herf, and of. The, People that I meet in this industry, I mean, I don't know everybody, but I sure know a lot of people. I've been around it for a while, even before I was in the industry. You know, I was a consumer and I went to all the big smokes and I got to meet uh, and befriend uh, Carlito Fuente in the and also uh, Jose Orlando Padron in the mid 90s, way, way, way before I got in the business. But I was hooked. But there was this feeling I got when I was around people that were real and I call them, I mean, I don't know how to even, even really give the right term to it. People that are so into tobacco, like cigars in like, not just as, Hey, I love smoking cigars. They're great. Or just people that really, and everything that their, their whole being is about tobacco. When I'm in their presence, people of that, I feel like so at home and comfortable. Uh, a few other people that I've had that exact same feeling, it's almost being on a different level. Like, you know, you know, I've been reading a lot of stuff lately about spirituality and reading some books and, and it was very interesting, you know, and I'm always thinking now about, you know, the afterlife and stuff. And I just had this thought that I know that I would want to be around people you know, like the five people you meet in heaven, all the all these things, the people that you just feel this bond and connection that you have such an affinity for the same thing that, you you know, and don't get me wrong. I'm talking, I was around and I got the same feeling the first time I met Arsenio. Um, and I really missed out on an opportunity to get to know him better, Arsenio of, of Vaganorsa Cigars. Uh, and, um, you know, Mr. P Mr. Padron was just, I didn't even speak Spanish when I met, you know, Jose Orlando, but literally I'll never forget the embrace that that man gave me the hug. And the second time we met, it was like, I thought he wouldn't even remember. We're talking in the nineties. I didn't think he'd remember me, but man, did he remember me? And he just seemed so genuine and sincere that like, Hey man, I get it. We're on the same level. We understand tobacco on the same level. And I'm not saying that I was on the level of, of Jose Orlando Padron or, or Carlito, I'm talking about 
having that inside you, that feeling of you want tobacco, your life is about tobacco and there's something special about tobacco. And Luciano, definitely I get that feeling when I met him. I really wanted to spend more time with him. Um, I clicked with him instantly. I knew he wasn't in the slightest inkling of, you know, what I call the bullshitters out there. And I think he also recognizes that in other people. And one of the things that he shared with us, I didn't, I, I wasn't really up to date on what he was doing with some of the things, how he's got people. I think when he sees that spark or that same inkling in others that want to be in the business that are willing to be in the business, he is willing to take them in. And I wish I had that ability, you know, like he lives there, you know, Nicaragua, he lives in Miami and he is really in the planting side, the farming side. He is every part of the tobacco leaf. And I just, it's something that I really hope at some point in my life, I'll be able to spend more time doing what he does. Cause that's my idea of retirement to be able to grow tobacco and to just, Oh man, it's just to me, that excites me more than if you said to what everybody's normal dream is, hey, I could just sit on a beach and drink pina coladas or whatever. Their idea of heaven, their idea of just utopia. No, my idea of utopia is to be able to be in a tobacco farm and to really and and Luciano is living it. You know, like when I met him, he's sitting there and he always travels with leaves and he likes to touch them and feel them. And he has such a connection, you know, beyond, you know, it's, it's something that I aspire to because I feel it in my soul that I want to be that way, but I'm not there. You know, I'm not touching leaves all the time. I know when I'm around leaves and when I'm blending, I love it. And I'm in my utopia and my, you know, vacation life. Uh, so that's why, you know, for me, being in the cigar business is not work. Now, mind you, what we're going to do in a few days I also am not looking forward to it because it's a grind at any level, whether whether you're in a booth or walking around doing interviews. It's a hell of a lot of walking. And I was just telling these guys before we got on, you know, that was it's for me. It's been three years since the since I did the last piece, you know, the PCA. And I just remember after two days walking back to my room and it doesn't end. I mean, it goes from being on the floor to the after you know, the, the after parties to being, uh, you know, finding yourself at the circle bar till the wee hours of the night to get up and just do it again. And, you know, when you're in your twenties and thirties, man, it's great. But when you get to be in your fifties, in my case, it's like, shit. it's, you feel it. I could do it for one or two days, but once, you know, five, six days, man, you are just, I just, I'm dragging and I enjoy it so much. And one of the main reasons when James and I were talking that I agreed to not only come to Vegas and do this uh, is because, you know, it's been, I've been away from it and I feel the desire to be there and see people that I love meeting and having that visceral connection with, you know, people like Nestor Placencia, another guy. When I, I don't know if it's something that I don't want to say I have a superpower or anything like that, but when I see people that I just know are cigar people, I just love being in their presence, you know, the, and those are the people that I would choose to be around, you know, the Arsenios, the Robinas, you know, um, the Placencia. I mean, these guys the, are just, 
you, I learn, I, I tell people, I like being around their presence. The mentors I have in Cuba that were the master ligadores there, just being in their presence, I feel through osmosis that I'm learning from them. And Luciano was probably my most recent new guy in the industry. I haven't met any new people that have gotten into the industry at the level that he's in. I mean, I'd heard of, you know, crown heads. I'd smoked some crown heads. I knew Ace, you know, but I didn't really know really Luciano. I had smoked some Lucianos, but I had no inkling on who he was or what he was. I knew Ace Prime, but I really, eh, you know, wasn't my cup of tea in a lot of the blends. But, you know, I don't want to dominate this whole uh, <laughs> clear the air here. I, I am going on on a, on a on a dissertation here. No, it's but, all good. It's all good, though. But yeah, no, I think it's, I think it's, I, I, and I think what I'm hearing is, is a lot of, like, I, I hear me in what you're saying, Nick, and I'll, I'll, I'll try my best to explain. I think you identify with these guys because so much of your identity of who you are right now is wrapped up in tobacco and in the leaves and in the whole process. And there's a certain part of that process that you really love. And so that's your utopia. That's what you want to do. And you want to associate with those guys that add to that kind of utopian feeling that you get uh, when you're, when you're, you know, in your, in your happy place. And, and, and you know, my best friend's dad just passed and uh, that was the funeral I was at on Friday, which is why we had to reschedule for Sunday. So close to, and it's just been hectic. Um, and, and looking, you know, I've known him since I was six. And in, in looking back at his life, what was his identity? You know, and so I start looking at my idea. What is my identity? What what I what is unique and different about me? You know, and what kind of legacy am I going to leave? And, and a lot, you know, talking with my friends that I grew up with that I haven't seen in probably four or five years, um, you know, all my identity is wrapped up in cigars. Oh, what are you doing? Oh, I'm doing this podcast. I'm doing this. I'm, I'm going to the trade show. We do a lot of interviews with people. You know, it's not really that big of a deal. It's just whatever. Uh, but everything is tobacco. Everything is to, and the, you know, I, my, my best friend, since I was a kid looks at me and he goes, what do you want to do? Cause I just wanted to get him out of the house. Right. He needed to get out after the funeral, after family had left and everything. And I was like, let's go smoke a cigar. Like that was my answer. He's like, I don't know what old men do. I'm like old men sit around, smoke cigars and yell at the sky. I mean, that's what we do. We, we talk about anything and everything. And, and, and so a lot of my identity is wrapped up in this. And at first I'll be honest, I was kind of like, I don't, I don't know how comfortable I am with that. You know, in the last five years, everything that I have have done in my free time, is tobacco obviously there's my family and my and my daughter and i love my wife and i love my kid very much and there's not anything i wouldn't do for them and a lot of my time is is wrapped up with them but all of my extra time is wrapped up in cigars and in in tobacco and in in all of this crazy stuff that we do and you know it is nice, Nick, to be able to to share that with people because I realize sitting around my friends, you know, that, that I grew up with, none of them smoke cigars regularly. They'll have one or two, um, but they're not they're not into it. They're not, and I felt kind of like a fifth wheel. I kind of felt like an outsider, which is weird 
because I've never felt like that with them before. But this is the first time I was like, man, so much of who I am is wrapped up in what I do as as a hobby. And we're trying to turn this into a professional thing and, and trying to get get this started with advertisers and sponsors and, and all of that. And it's just it's nice to be able to sit down with a guy like Luciano and just talk shop. And I know, you know, he mentioned that he doesn't like a lot of small talk. You know, he likes to have those deeper conversations as do I. And I'm not sure that we really hit the mark as far as deep conversations go with that, with that <laughs> podcast. Um, but at the same time, I think there were some, there were some highlights from it that we did where he talked about the uh, paranormal or supernatural experience that his daughter had um, drawing his mother that he doesn't remember what she looked like until he, you know, he saw the picture eventually. Um, and you know, she saw her and so she drew that. So I, there were some, there was some deepness to it. Um, and look, we're all getting ready for the trade show. We're all, I, everyone's tired. So I knew coming in, like he had, he walked in the door, like turned his computer on, connected to the meetings. Like, Hey guys, I just walked in the door. Like, give me a couple minutes. Like, yeah, man, take your time. So he's busy. Uh, he's going to the, like, he's in Nicaragua now. He'll be flying straight from Nicaragua to the trade show. So he's, you know, and then, and I identify with that because I have just been down for a lot of reasons, but I'm also just tired and wiped and burnt and fried to a crisp already. We're not even there. And when we're there, kind of like right now, I have to be on, you know, you have to be up and you have to be, you know, James from Simply Stogies. And when this turns off, I'm literally going to sit down, keep packing and shut the fuck up and smoke some cigar. Like that's all I'm going to do. I don't want to talk like the two days that I'm traveling out there. I, I will talk to fucking no one if I can help it. Nobody. I, I won't even use my voice. It's just sit so, quiet. So my next two days are going to be very, very quiet. Yeah. I'm not. Well, yeah. Like <laughs> when I stop on Tuesday at your house to like pick up your shit, I might be like, Hey, and then if you start talking, I'm going to be like, shut the fuck up. <laughs> shut up. I got to, I got to get on the road. <laughs> you're, you're absolutely right though, because this will actually, this episode of clear the air will come out on the 22nd, a week after, uh, the episode for simply stogies actually airs. So I can see where if you're a listener, uh, or a viewer, you might be a little bit confused because we're talking about going to the trade show and we're actually, this is coming out after the trade show. And it's been a little, I guess the concept is to just try to get ahead so that when we get to the trade show, we can focus on that content and that content only. Yeah. And we're going to have a lot of stuff for you. Like if you have, like, if you're like, oh shit, there was a trade show and you just listen to, to this episode one off, you're like, oh shit. Just go to simplystogies.com. Go to our YouTube channel, uh, Simply Stogies Podcast. Go to our Rumble channel, Simply Stogies Podcast. Uh, and you can check out all the content there. And at this point, at the 22nd, we're probably still releasing uh, some stuff. We try to release it as, as, as quickly as we can. Um, so, yeah, there, I'm sure there's a lot of content we're still going through at this point. But yeah. go check it out. There's a lot of stuff up there. There's going to be the lives uh, up there because we're going to do lives there at the trade show. Um, so, yeah, it's going to be look, it's going to be a lot of fun. Like Nick said, you go to the after parties, you go to the, the circle bar, you do whatever. And it is, I, I made this, this, this observation the first year we were there. I was like, it's just kind of like a big fucking party for the industry. Like that's all the trade show is. It's where these guys that don't get to see each other, but once a year get to hang out. Sure. They get to make some sales, but like, you know, Nick 
is talking to customers. Saka's talking to customers. Luciano's talking to customers. And when the day's done, they don't want to talk to customers anymore. They want to talk to their friends that they haven't seen for a year. And they all hang around the circle bar, uh, which is ironically a square. Right? It, it is. It is, in fact, a square. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and, and they, they, they drink, they smoke cigars and they, and it's a lot of shop talking. It's really, it really is a good time. But when I tried to dissect why I enjoy it so much, even in the industry, you touched on some points, James, that made me really think, you know, I have a lot of friends that thankfully I, I'm blessed to have met many, many people through the years and various parts of my life, you know, electronics business, my fraternity college, grade school. And the only people that I unfortunately still keep in, like, I don't want to say daily, but, you know, regular touch are people that smoke cigars. And sometimes it saddens me because I had some very, very good friends that I just, it's like all of a sudden now I feel like I have nothing in common with these people. And of course we did because we were friends to be, but if I, you know, when I meet somebody, Hey, you want to go have a cigar? If they say, no, I'm not into it. That's it. It ends, yep. you know, our friendship, unfortunately, just never will get to the next level because we don't have that common denominator that bonds us somehow. And, you know, I have a small group of people, friends in New Jersey that I that I see on a regular basis. But there are so many other people that I, I miss in a lot of ways because I don't, don't hang out with them anymore. And the one thing about the trade show, pretty much everybody there is you know, are people that I would like to see on a regular basis because we're all at the very core. We all enjoy smoking cigars. There's different levels of people that are in this business. And it always amazes me when I find people that don't smoke. I have a couple of customers, you know, I have a distributor in, in a country that I didn't know for the longest time. And finally I said, what'd you think of this cigar? He goes, well, I don't know. I haven't, I'm letting him rest. I'm waiting for my customers to try it. I go, what, what, what about you? He's like, well, I don't smoke cigars. And I'm just like in shock. It's like finding out somebody is a different gender that you never knew. You know what I mean? Or somebody coming. I mean, it's a weird analogy, but all of a sudden it's like, what? You're what? You're not male? You know, it's like, it's like, what the heck? I, I find it so strange and so odd, especially being in the business. You know, like, why are you in this business? Why are you doing this? Like, to me, it's almost sacrilegious. I mean, the, the, the customer I'm talking about, great guy, you know, but I know if we hung out, we wouldn't hang out. You know what I mean? It's just if we can't share that cigar, that is what bonds us, you know. And as far as knowledge, you know, we talked about, you know, I'm going to actually to a funeral tomorrow myself, James, mm -hmm. my my sister, my my father's, my mother's sister, oldest sister just died at 93. Oh, wow. And um, so I get to go see her, you know, I mean, go to the funeral and see some family, but it's odd, you know, because I think about life and, you know, they say live every day like it's your last. I don't know who's credited. Was it Gandhi or, you know, the Buddha live every day as if it's your last, but take in knowledge like you're going to live forever. So for me, I'm always trying to learn. I'm always reading. And of course, now I'm fixated, have been for the last decade plus, couple decades in, in cigars. Even when I was in the business, all I did was read about cigars and every book I could get a hold of. I have literally every book that, ever, that I can, that I think that I'm aware of ever written about cigars going back to 
Dino Davidoff's book on forward. Uh, so I've tried to devour everything I possibly could. And I'm always in the process. To me, learning is how you grow. And if you stop learning and you think you know everything, then you're an asshole, for one, in my opinion. And two, you're never going to be you know, where you need to be because there's always something to learn in any business. And the cigar business, the tobacco business is the same. So uh, I always learn stuff. Uh, I'm always wanting to learn. And I like to share, you know, knowledge with people that want to. The reality is most of the people that I hang out with, they like smoking cigars. A lot of them don't even like, look, to me, it tastes like tobacco. That's all I care about. I don't know what you guys think you're you're tasting it's tobacco man i'm like great and there's nothing wrong with that if that's what you taste and that's what you like that's all that matters at least you still like it they don't care about how it's made they don't care they don't know what a triple cap is versus a you know they just know that it's a good cigar and they're smoking it and that's okay i'll still be around those people over somebody that doesn't smoke i have you know i think about some guys that i know i'd be really good friends with but yet it stops at some point you know, friends or people that would be potentially good friends will say, hey, you want to go out and get, get a beer sometime? And I'm like, if they allow cigar smoking, like, yeah. I don't drink I don't drink beer. They're like, well, I don't smoke cigars. I'm like, well, I guess that's it. Shake hands. Goodbye. You know, it's like sad because <laughs> if, for me, I have no interest. And I'm sure they're a great person. But if they don't get – and it's – I almost feel – I don't know. Maybe it's wrong. I, I know it is wrong. And, I'll, you know, like if I'm on vacation and I'll meet people, I love meeting people. I love people in general, you know, meeting the, you know, a stranger and making them into a friend. But for me, at least in the last couple, you know, decades, if the cigar part isn't in there, it's not a good chance we're going to become good friends. Well, you know? it's, it's a lot like walking into a cigar lounge and you just kind of like something's off. Something doesn't feel right. And then you get to talking to the owner or whatever. And the owner says, well, I don't, I don't smoke cigars. Oh, that's what it is. The owner doesn't smoke cigars. That's why this whole shop kind of feels off. Um, and, and to bring that back to Luciano, I think that's why he's such good friends with guys like, like Dwight uh, from uh, Fat Ash, who puts on the mild Kentucky Herf, and he would fly from fucking Nicaragua to have an event in literally. Again, I can say this because I live in buttfuck nowhere, Iowa, buttfuck nowhere, Kentucky. And he flies in for that from Nicaragua just to 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 hang out and have a party and and and, and do the event. I, that says something about Luciano and how he wants to hang out with the people of the like mind. And I think that's that. I you know what what's the old proverb in the Bible? Iron sharpeneth iron. You know, it, you you hang out with people who are of the like mind, and and by doing that, like you said, you're always learning. And Luciano said that too. If you if you think you know everything, you you're wrong. You just, you're, you're wrong. Like you said, you're an, probably an asshole. So Luciano says that he doesn't know everything and he's still trying to learn. And, you know, and I consider guys like, like you, Nick, you're a master blender. Uh, Ricky Rodriguez is a master blender. Luciano's a master blender. I mean, a lot of these guys in the industry are master blenders, but the good ones always say, oh, I don't know if I'm a master blender. I'm always learning. And a master well, knows the everything. Word, the word to me, master and blending in my my idea of a master blender is somebody that's you know the word master my my early childhood through college i was very into the martial arts and i had respect for the word sensei and master to me you've reached a level of proficiency that gives you that title i 
do not feel that I have that title or that I deserve that title. I'll use the term master blender of my own stuff, meaning I'm the head guy. I'm the guy who chooses it. I'm the guy who makes it. It stops with me. Nobody else is going to tell me what I should make. So I'm the head guy. I wouldn't say the master, but the term master blender generally means he's the blender for that brand, company, factory, what have you. So yes, in those terms, I'm the master blender. The, the word master to me means somebody that's mastered, or at least, you know, there's different, even in, 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 to use the same analogy with martial arts, there's first dan, second dan, third dan. So you're always learning even when you're a master. Yeah. But to be a mastered, if I did it full time every day, and that's all I did, you know, I, I, I think maybe at that point I would deserve the, the term master blender that this is what I do and I know everything there is about tobacco or at least a lot more. I mean, I, I feel that I have a good understanding about it, having been in the industry now for 15 years and being a cigar smoker for 30. I started smoking in my early 20s and uh, been smoking for over 30 years at one level. It wasn't a, a passing thing. I, I thought, you know, when I got into it, I got into it. And, uh, you know, at this point, my wife realizes it's not a fad. Uh, but, you know, most, <laughs> most, most of the times, uh, you know, she's, ah, you know I, I get whatever I do, whatever hobby I pick up, you know, I'll do it. Sometimes it's true I lose interest, but I knew I would never lose interest in tobacco or cigars at some level. Uh, so here we are uh, talking it's, about it's, cigars. It's really interesting you know, the whole master blender concept. I mean, to me, it's it's about being able to work with the product that is produced from the ground uh, that, that mother nature has given you. But I can see where it's always going to be a learning process because mother nature is different every day. Mother nature can change this and that. And so trying to produce the same crops and, and, and get everything that, you know, that's why I'm not a farmer because it looks hard as hell to me. I agree. There's, there's so much, there's so much science and what's exciting about this business. And I think, you know, we touched about it in some of our past uh, interviews. We really don't know what the future, I mean, I'm excited about the future of cigar smoking and tobacco because I love technology. People that know me, technology, and I know technology and tobacco usually are, you're like, what are you talking about? There's nothing technology about cigars. It, the same way cigars, premium cigars have, are made today are when it first started. And it's true. It's a man-made, handmade product. But the technology that can be added to producing the tobacco, that is where the technology comes in, which getting those hybrid seeds, which producing you know, like, look, when we started, there was only a couple of countries that really were predominantly making tobacco. And then it grew. I mean, there's over 80 different countries that produce tobacco uh, that are being used by a lot of people. And there's other countries that are coming up every day. If you told people just a few years ago, like five years ago, you know, hey, but you know what? Tobacco is a weed. The plant is a weed. It'll literally grow anywhere. Now, mind you, where it's growing is what is going to influence the flavors that are being produced by that tobacco. And that's a big difference. It, it, you know, growing out of a driveway on a, on a curb, you know, that tobacco leaf is not going to taste the same as coming from, you know, the the, the beautiful clayish red sand uh, soil of, of, of Cuba. 
So where it comes from is what makes it. And but you can adjust it with using, you know, the this the, the adding what you need, you know, the nitrates and the potassium and and, and the and the things that you need to put it into the tobacco and also where it's produced, you know, the different soils that are around today, who knows what country emerges in the future of, Hey, nobody's tried it here. Uh, or nobody's, yeah, maybe they tried it, but they didn't use the technology to bring it. When Nicaragua first was producing tobacco, you know, I, I couldn't take it. I didn't like it. You know, I was only smoking Cuban cigars in the beginning and it was, to me, it was so strong and harsh and my personal thoughts are, I think people took what they knew, the knowledge, the processes, and everything that they had from Cuba when they went to the Dominican Republic, they reproduced them. You know, and it's much easier to do in that soil because, you know, they thought, okay, we have the same, you know, rainfall, annual rainfall. We have the same type of climate, their proximity to where we are. So it should be the same. Well, obviously, we know that it's not. And, you know, the country's tobacco fields and soil cannot be reproduced. That's what makes them so unique. And Nicaragua in the beginning to me was like, man, this, but once they figured it out, once they realized, oh, wait, you know, maybe we need to ferment more. Maybe we need to do this. Maybe we need to add to the soil. Maybe. And then Nicaragua became the new Mecca of tobacco in so many ways, because you have a country that produces so many different areas you know we talk about microclimates uh in like one tobacco field and then across the road there'll be a completely different tobacco coming out of there when it's the same seeds but yet totally different and it's literally within 100 feet 200 feet of each other totally different taste now you talk about a country that can produce a puro with at least five different regions that are producing so much variety of tobacco yeah you can easily make a pearl from that country uh some other countries not so much in my opinion but you know that's why we can mix and change and the future is bright for me and uh for people that enjoy cigars because there's a lot of great things or people like luciano i wish i i could say i'm the guy that's out there experimenting every day and trying new things it would be in my you know ultimate life that you know, it's just not possible. You know, when I live in the United States and I have a family and my wife doesn't want to leave New Jersey and I don't <laughs> want to get divorced. So I guess we're stuck here. Um, but the uh, the reality is, you know, it's bright. I think when, when I meet people like Luciano and, and people that are going to drive the boat into the future of what you know, tobacco can do, you know, that people that are experimenting with new things. That's what I love about AJ. You know, AJ is another guy that, you know, when I met him in the early days, he was, you know, just passionate about what he did. And he was, you know, hey, wanted to be in the business. That's what he did. That's all he knew. But again, the passion that he had and, you know, it's amazing how he almost wasn't found, you know, and the way that the things aligned he did and look where he is today. Um, so who knows who's coming, coming out in the future. So I think there'll be, cause we, the reason I'm talking about this, James, and I guess people are going to have to listen to the, to the, the interview and the, the podcast that we did about Luciano, you asked the question, what do you think about who are the new people that are going to take over and about legacy brands? And, you know, the legacy brands will exist because the families are so strong, you know, like, the, the Fuentes and the Padrones and 
there's the second and third and fourth generation. So they'll exist. And unless they screw it up, which I don't think they will too badly, but anything's possible, but there are always new people coming into this business that are going to take us down a different way and steer the boat a different way. And we all jump on board. Yeah. And and that's why I really like Luciano talking about wanting to, to disrupt and be a disruptor in the industry. And when he said that, I couldn't help but think of guys like Matt Booth and and uh, Pete Johnson and John Hoover. They were disruptors 20 years ago when they first came in and they changed things and they changed the, they became these cults of personality. And then you saw guys like the old See, I took it. I took it differently. I, I didn't take the disruptor to mean the personalities. When he was saying disruptor, what I took away from that answer, James, is he was talking about, and I get it all the time when I'm blending for other brands and people, they'll say to me, oh, can you, I I like a Padron, can you make a Padron taste or this particular cigar? And I'm like, well, no, but it already exists. I mean, I can try to emulate it, but why do that? When he said disruptor, he didn't want to make the same thing. He wants to make, he wants to disrupt, uh, disrupt the industry. He doesn't want to make another Me Too brand. But but that's what I'm... That's what I'm saying. Clumsily as it is, that's what I'm saying is that 20 years ago, they were the disruptors. They came in and they did things different and they created different cigars and different flavors that hadn't been introduced before. And they became these cults of personality, which we didn't really have before. Like people knew Fuente and they knew Davidoff and they knew Rocky Patel. Uh, But when these guys came in, they disrupted those things and they became these cults of personality. And eventually these cults of personality are going to go away and it'll go back to kind of, I feel to go back to the way it was before, where if you have a great cigar, you don't need a cult of personality uh, to do that. So there, he's going, like it's a disruption in, in that, like you said, he's going to create these blends that are, that stand on their own. And yeah, people may compare them to other things, but that's not, he wasn't trying to emulate anything. He's just doing his own thing and not being a cult of personality is a disruption in and of itself. Because he's not. Well, I don't think Luciano's larger than life, like a Pete Johnson. He, or, he or doesn't want to be. You could tell yeah. he is that guy that wants, for the most part, to be behind the scenes. You know, Placencia for decades. You know, uh, Andre, Andres, um, Andre, Nestor, Nestor Placencia, his father, you know, behind the scenes for 50 years was making cigars for other brands with, with Nestor Jr. And nobody heard of them really, you know? Yeah. And they they were okay with it. They were okay with being behind the scenes. Certain people, unfortunately in the U S I do believe that marketing is what's going, it was what, what drives this industry. I I don't believe it should, but it does. Um, But you have to think in the nineties, it was if you weren't of Spanish descent, if you weren't a Cuban that left and made your own cigar, they would not give you the time of day. The original disruptor, in my opinion, was Rocky Patel. Rocky yeah. Patel, you know, of Indian descent. And when he first started with his cigar, it was, by his own admission, was a crappy cigar. And he knew it was a crappy cigar, but, you know, he didn't care. He was out there to sell his cigar and meet people. And he drove his business by being there, being in the shops, being in the stores. 
Uh, and that's he was the cult of personality and people loved him. And he was the original guy. I never met a guy that worked as hard as he did. And, and his idea, because that was his love. His love is not being in the fields. His love is not really blending cigars. His love is being with people and selling, you know, and being up till five, six, seven, eight, nine o'clock in the morning, having a good time and bonding with others with a cigar. And, he to, you know, he's into his 60s now and he still does it. And I don't know how, you know, he's the guy that will stay up till, you know, the sun comes up and yet be there for a nine o'clock meeting as if nothing like he had eight hours of sleep. He still does it to this day, and he is unique. I'm too old for that. I think having the the figureheads or the personalities are good to bring groups of people into the the luxury of cigars. Because I'm thinking as you're talking, and you guys are bringing up great points, and this all should have been part of the original podcast, but then we wouldn't have this show. I think for me, it was a figurehead for a brand that made me say, hey, I can relate to this person. This person is like me. They can get into cigars, so can I. And as I've progressed, then I see the other side of it where it's like, I don't really care about the figurehead anymore. I wanna know more about the product. I wanna know more about what I'm buying. So I, mean, I kind of see the need for both sides. Well, let me, let me, let me bring it back to a, a, a interview we did uh, a month ago, month and a half ago with Zev Kamenetsky from uh, Toscano. And he said, uh, you know, that, that these cults of personality, um, you know, who's, who's next? Like who, who, who are the next guys? And Mm -hmm. one of the companies that he brought up was Placencia and they don't, they don't have a cult of personality. Uh, He brought up Terrence Riley and Agonorsa leaf. And I wouldn't, I wouldn't say that Terrence is a cult of personality. I think Terrence is Terrence and he's done a great job at marketing, but he's not central to that marketing. Um, and these are the guys in, in Zev's opinion that are next in line to kind of be the big guys in the industry and they're positioning themselves to do it. And he said, you know, Agonorse is probably next and, and Placencia five years after that. And then who's after that? Who knows? Uh, but I, I do think that the industry is changing. And I think that Luciano is is well positioned uh, to to go with that change. Um, I don't think there are. I think there are probably not as many who are as well positioned as Luciano is to uh, weather this change. Obviously, I think the big guys, uh, the legacy brands, are are well positioned just because of who they are and 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 how much uh, volume that they continue to move. I don't think that will ever change. Even when Carlito is like, you know, I think I'm old enough. I'm going to step down, you know, I, I, or Rocky's like, it's time for me to retire. You know, I'm going to ride off into the sunset and, you know, someone else is going to take over Rocky Patel. Um, you know, I, I think Luciano and, and the guys who get it and understand that it's not so much about that cult of personality, but it's about the product and, and kind of the counterpoint to, to you, Tim is, while these cults of personality may bring people into the fold as far as new cigar smokers, new tobacco uh, smokers, the problem that I see with that is a lot of these guys will become, and I'm just going to use Pete Johnson as a as a uh, an example. They will become Tatawai only smokers. That's it. We're only going to smoke Tatawai. 
or I'm only going to smoke Rocky Patel. Yeah, no, no, I, I, I have to disagree. I think that's what they're going to smoke initially because that's what's going to bring them in. You know, me, I've been very vocal about how I'm very anti personally smoking any flavored cigars, anything with an aroma. I'm not into it, won't be in it. If there's somebody smoking, hey, I'm glad they're smoking it, but I can't smoke it next to you. But you know what? As as anti-acid and, and flavored cigars as I was, I have to respect the fact that Drew Estate, because of acid, brought in many, many people into the fold. Or the business would be gone. You know, like if people, you know, everybody thinks of cigars as, oh, my grandfather smoked cigars. Yeah. My father, you know, my, you know, but not young people. Uh, the young people start, unfortunately, if they're not trained right, they'll go into the acid, and that's the big money maker. But if they find the right tobacconist to take them on that journey with the correct first cigar and the progression, that's the way I suggest. But, yes, they bring them in. So the Pete Johnsons with the tattoos and the rock background, you know, the Matt Booths that brought in people that normally would not be associated with cigars, you know, when you think of cigars, they're bringing in that area i, I don't disagree there. i don't but these guys become tat heads or you know soccer fans or what you know whatever and they they follow them like a cult like it's a cult yeah, of personality yeah. and, and and there's nothing wrong with that but i mean look i think we can all agree that in the next few years flavored cigars are probably going to go away so there we are going to have to find as an industry new ways to bring in new cigar smokers uh, and a lot of that is on the, the B&Ms across the country. I think we've talked about this before. There's only 1,800 of them out there. And out of those 1,800 of them, how many are good? How many of them will, will you know, someone will come in. I've never smoked a cigar before. Oh, you should try this Padron. You, you should try this. You should try this uh, uh, Maduro here. You should try this, uh, uh, you know, Broadleaf. <laughs> like, no, like, I have met tobacconists who are like that. They're like, oh, what kind of food do you like? Well, that's kind of a good gauge. You don't want somebody to get sick their first time and be like, yeah, I'm never trying this again, you know? And I know tobacconists that are like that. They're like, oh, yeah, this this is our number one seller. It's this Rocky Patel Edge. Smoke this. Why? <laughs> why are you? Why? Why are you doing that? Get them into a Connecticut. Get them into a, 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 a Colorado. Get them into something that is not so heavy. I think that you're going to have some people that are going to come in through a door like, you know, Pete Johnson or, or whatever. You're going to come through that door. And if they don't, if they only surround themselves with those like minded people, then, yeah, they're going to become the, the the cult. But if they start hanging out with other people, I mean, uh, us as a great example, when we first started um, hanging out uh, consistently and doing all the things that we do. I was pretty set on this specific line of cigars. And I know that you pushed me and pushed me. And I was like, nah, no, 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 no. I like my $5 cigars. And eventually, because you're you're such a stubborn person Asshole. that you, Asshole. You, you broke me through. Yeah. And now I'm constantly trying to find the next great cigar that I really enjoy. You know, if you that's know. if that's my legacy is that I help people because somebody commented today, uh, I, I think it was on our Discord uh, it was today or yesterday. P, uh, BZ to ZZ uh, Benjamin, he 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 commented. He was like, "Great show with with the uh, uh, Fuerte with Greg Free. 
Like, thanks a lot. It's yet another cigar brand that I've got to go find and try. Thanks to you. And right. if, if that's my legacy is that I help cigar smokers find new brands and new cigars to smoke that they may not otherwise do. And I'm okay with that because, you know, and Nick, you and I have talked about this before. We don't like that when you, you know, that one guy in the lounge, I'm just smoking my whatever this is the greatest cigar ever. I'm not going to try anything. It's like, man, there's so much good out there. Why are you pigeonholing yourself? You have no, you, you don't know what you don't know. And so, you know, part of the human experience, again, coming back to, you know, life and, 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 and the journey that it is, life is boring without a, a little, uh, a little flavor, a little uh, experimentation, a little, you know, pushing your boundaries and pushing your comfort zone and getting out of that every once in a while and trying something new. You know, variety is the spice of life, as they like to say. And if you're not actively trying to find you know, something new, something different, that, that gem, that, that diamond in the rough, what are you doing? You know, and I think the cigar industry, which is why I asked you and you and uh, Luciano, uh, Nick, if there was room in the industry for new, for new companies, because these new companies can be disruptors like Luciano and they can come in and they can be like, well, like Greg free, I'm going to make a cigar that is, bold that is full of flavor and i'm going to wrap it in a connecticut and to hell with what the guys in the in the uh factory say i know this will work and it works and it's great cigar and he comes back and everyone in the factory is smoking like yeah you you were right i think that's a great story and i think you have to have those guys in the industry all the time that are not necessarily trying to reinvent the wheel just trying to make the vehicle go a little faster, get a little something more out of it, you know? Yeah. I think that disruptor maybe may or may not be the correct term, but again, bringing it back to Luciano, the thing that really stood out is the fact that he is dedicated to tobacco, but yet he's also bringing in these people. Like there is no, think about it. If you really wanted to become a tobacconist, yeah, there's the Tobacconist University, and you can do the online thing and learn a bunch of stuff. But it's school knowledge. You yeah. know what I mean? I'm not putting it down. But you know what? Unless you're out there touching, feeling, seeing it, doing it, it's nothing like, you know, just you, you get your education, you get your college, but you need your experience. And there is no mentorship program out there for somebody that says, you know what, I want to do this. This is what I want to do in my life. I feel this kinship towards this tobacco leaf for some reason. How do I do it? And there really is no way, you know, think about it. I think about people that had nothing to do with tobacco or, and realize that like a name that comes to mind is Claudio Scroy. You know, he was a translator, an Italian translator that ended up doing translations in the Dominican Republic for for Hank, for Hanky Kelmer and being in his presence and meeting him, he realized, Oh my God, I want to be a part of this business. I want to be a part of this industry. And fortunately for him, Hanky took him under his wing and brought him into the, into the business. You know, there is no mentorship that I know of, but Luciano seems to have one, yeah. you know, he's got some people. 
And you know, and it's up, up to guys like Luciano and, and, and Nick Cirrus and and Rocky Patel and Carla Carlito and all of these guys. It's up to everyone in the industry to mentor these new companies, to mentor these new blenders, to have them come in. You know, when I talked to Ricky Rodriguez and he speaks very highly of everyone that mentored him to get him to where he's at. You know, but the flip side to that coin, Nick, is guys like Stolen Throne, where, you know, I talked to Lee Marsh and he's like, well, the name of the company is Stolen Throne because we were told point blank there's not room for us at the table. And so, fine, we'll steal a seat. Like, we're going to well, be at the you table. You know what? I, I got to tell you, everybody that I talk to, I have a lot of people are constantly talking about, hey, I want to come out with a blend. I want to come out with my own line of cigars. I spend the first 10 minutes doing everything I can in my power to talk them out of it. Not because I don't want another guy in the industry. Not, I want to know what their, what their real driving force is, why they want their own cigar. I believe that, unfortunately, there is probably 30, 30 cigar brands that come out every year. That would be my guess, you know, between 10 to 20 to 30, maybe more every sure. year of those 30 I think that if half of them return year two is probably a high percentage by year five, if there is 10% that are still there, that would be considered a high percentage because either people realize it's a tough game and it requires more than just thinking about it. I tell people, listen, there's a lot easier. If you're talking about doing this for money, believe me, please find something else to do. I can tell you there's a lot of better industries and ways to make money in the financial world. There's so many ways. Not that you can't make money in this business, but you have to really, really want to be in this business and love this business because it is a grind and it takes a while. When you finally start making money, it's a great feeling to go, oh shit, I'm finally making money in this business and this is great. I get to make, to be rewarded for something that I love to do. And and I love that feeling, and I love that I managed to survive as long as I have. And, you know, it's a tough – not that I've reached the level I want to be in, but you know what? I'm comfortable with what I do. you got to find your lane. That's another thing we talked about. Everybody's got their lane. Everybody can't be a Rocky Patel. Everybody can't be a Carlito. And, and if you think that's your goal and that's your dream and that's what you want to do, by all means, do that. But when you realize, you know what, I'm really not that guy and I'm really comfortable being this guy, once you know what you really are and what you're about, that's when you're going to really make it. But the common denominator, the thing that binds us is the cigar, the tobacco, whether you enjoy introducing it to new people every day. And I do that too. You know, I come from a retail background. I would be just as happy working in a shop, I think, you know. I just hate retail. I, I no disrespect <laughs> to the retailers. I did it. I did it for my whole life. You know, growing. You know, I was in electronics. I was in, and I just, I just don't want to be. You know what it is? I love meeting people, but I don't want to be in the same place every day. You know what I mean? I just enjoy the freedom of being able to go to a different shop, to a different part of the world, not just this country, and meeting people from different parts of the world. But I love talking cigars. That's why I'm doing this podcast. People ask me all the time, James, hey, why are you doing that? You making money on that? Nope. nope. I don't make a damn penny. <laughs> well, why are you doing it? Neither do we. I'm like, yeah, you know that'd what? That'd be nice. Because I like talking about cigars. 
and I do it for the love of it. And if this doesn't prove it to people, like why, Nick, why are you doing cigars? What you know? What do you make it? I have friends, I have family that don't understand. They're like, what is wrong with this guy? Why does he want to get so? Why is he so into cigars? And they almost look down at me, you know. And my my own family and friends, a lot of my friends are like, this guy's crazy. What is this deal? You know what I mean? It, it has such a negative connotation for people that are not listening to this program right now <laughs> to, to the people that don't, they don't get it. They yeah. do not understand what it's, what it, and you know what? I would love to bring some people into it, you know, and I'm always open to getting, you know, uh, but if they don't have that internal need, something made me want to smoke a cigar. I don't know what it was, but something said, Hey, you know what? Try it. And I was drawn to it and I got into it. And I think, you know, whatever that reason is, whatever brings you into this little fraternity of ours is great and you're welcome. And we are and should be always welcoming of anybody, you know, regardless of their gender, of their race, of their socioeconomic background. You know, I think the to me, spirituality and tobacco go together. And if we're kind to one another and we should be kind and actually sacrifice of ourselves to help other people. And to me, the cigar is what does it helps do it. I don't know. It's, it makes it easier, man. It does. It it, it centers me. And you know, it's funny that you bring up the spiritual, uh, spiritual, spirituality aspect of it. Jesus words are hard. Uh, (laughs) You bring that up because that's what tobacco was five, 600 years ago. It was a spiritual experience. You would sit around and you would, you would smoke tobacco and it was part of rituals and it was part of, the culture uh, of tribes and, 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 you know, I mean, I mean, don't you find it fascinating that that's how tobacco started? I, I mean, do, why did people but, decide it was it the nicotine that gave them that little edge? Maybe, but I think it was about the spiritual aspect of it. Somehow it brought them feeling closer to the superior being or God, something about it. You know, like I don't believe that inhaling it, is correct and that's why i never enjoyed or even understood you know cigarettes because this is smoke and i don't think you're something you should be putting in your lungs it to me it's the exact opposite of what you should be doing with smoke but yet by putting it in your mouth and through your your nasal and you're getting the flavors and the aromas and then that smoke goes back into the world that to me is what uh, you know the spiritual aspect of it as well I feel like we're dancing around it, but it, it really does all come back to community and what it brings you closer to people because you're, you're literally kind of forced to sit there and, and, and smoke and then give it to somebody else. And then they smoke and somebody else. And there's usually, you know, four or five. And so you're passing this tobacco around. And so you're forced to interact with somebody else. And so it brings you closer together. And I think that's why to bring it back to what we were talking about earlier, Nick, where, you know, we, we, we have friends and we know people that, that don't smoke and we're not nearly as close with those people as we once were. And while, and we miss that, but they're just not into the same thing we are. And they don't have that. It's hard for us to, to connect with them and have that sense of community and family and that spiritual interconnectedness because they're just not part of what we do and what we do on a daily basis. We do it for like, I do it for my mental health. I think it it helps center me and it helps keep me level uh, to have that, you know, hour, two hours to where I'm sitting 
by myself down here because nobody comes down here when I'm smoking uh, and just quiet. And I have that introspection and that reflection time uh, and quiet time uh, with myself. Uh, and I think people need that. But then at the same time, if I had my druthers, I'd rather sit around with people and smoke and have a conversation like we're having tonight uh, and, and really get to know people. I think you get to know people on a much deeper level when you're smoking a cigar because you've got two hours where there's nothing else to do but talk to the guy, you know, across from you. Talk to the other people in the room and you really get to know them. And, you know, whether they're on whatever side of the aisle might be different than you politically, whatever religion they are, whatever their personal beliefs are, none of it matters because we all rally around this leaf. And and I think, you know, to kind of put a bow on this, because I know Tim's going, Jesus Christ, guys, shut the fuck up. Um, no, I was just uh, thinking about uh, kind of like uh, welcome to the uh, the new temple of Clear the Air uh, for as <laughs> spiritual as this has has gotten. Well, I think guys like sorry, my 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 head's just been in that in that arena. Yeah, and, mine and is it's, too. Mine is too. Yeah, and it's it's a hundred percent okay. I mean, it, it's it's actually really great conversation, which is ironically what the cigar brings to the table is to allow you to sit back, relax. And sometimes you're the talker. Sometimes you're the listener and you're like, Oh man, I didn't think about it like that. Well, and I mean, you know, Luciano, he's about my age. What do you say? It was 48, 47. I'm 47. You know, I think the guys in the industry who will make it are comfortable with who they are. They're comfortable with themselves. Because this isn't an industry, like you said, Nick, where people look highly upon you like they used to do once upon a time. You're looked down on in society. Oh, tobacco. Uh, And so you have to be comfortable and secure in who you are, uh, in your belief and in your belief system. Honestly, I don't think that happens until later in life. You know, when I was in my 20s, I certainly was not comfortable with myself or secure uh, in who I was, and I didn't know who I was, who I wanted to be, where I was going to go. It got a little better in my 30s, but I still couldn't say that I was secure in who I was. And in fact, in my 30s, was that was a season of my life that was ever-changing uh, due to my medical issues. I know Luciano talked about his. And, and I had to become comfortable with who I was becoming, and I don't really think that happened until sometime in my 40s, in the last seven years, where I've kind of been like, fuck it, like this is who I am. And if you don't like it, I get it. That's fine. We don't got to be friends. I totally understand. But you have to be comfortable in who you are and you have to have a vision for the rest of your life. I mean, I, you know, honestly, I have fewer days ahead of me, you know, than I do behind me at this point in my life. And so you have to have that. We all do. Yeah. Right. You kind (laughs) of have to have that, that I, this is what I want to do with the rest of my life. This is going to be a part of my life. And it's part of my identity and it's ingrained in who I am now. And I don't, I don't ever see that change. And so I think to be a successful manufacturer, uh, you have to have that. And I think you have that. And I think Luciano has that. Uh, and, uh, you know, take a look at the big guys who've been around. They're all in their 40s, 50s, 60s. They, they are all comfortable with who they are, you know, and, and how life has shaped them. I think you got to have to have that to to succeed in this business. I don't think if you're if you're in your mid twenties or your thirties, you're coming in here, um, you know, as a manufacturer, and and you know, really, well, you know, there are together. some that that some that have tried, James. 
I think the ones that are fortunate, like life is all about what family you're born into or what, you know, why, why are we lucky to be where we are and other people are in, you know, somewhere, you know, barefoot in, in the desert. And, you know, it's just about being lucky. So people, in my opinion, were lucky. Maybe they don't see themselves as lucky growing up in a tobacco family. And oddly enough, my family, my parents, I've told this before, but my, my parents were both tobacco farmers. My grandparents were tobacco farmers. When my grandparents were, were driven out of what it was, what is now, you know, present day Turkey and forced to emigrate to the Northern part of Greece, they picked up tobacco farming, you know, cause that's what they could do. And I didn't even think much about it being a part of my essence, a part of my DNA. But once I've accepted that, and, and the funny thing, I told the story and again, it's so weird. Like I, I can remember as being as young as second and third grade, having a desire to smoke a pipe, not a cigar. Cause I didn't really know about cigars, but I'd seen Sherlock Holmes and I thought he was the greatest thing in the world because that's what I wanted to be initially was a detective and all that. So that was just another thing. But when I finally started getting into cigars, I knew what I, I was always comfortable in my skin, James, in my twenties, thirties, I was always comfortable about who I was. And I just, I just knew I wanted to be good at what I did, you know, be successful at what I did. And I knew that in order to do that, you had to enjoy what you do. And I never thought of cigars as a business. To me, the first time I smoked a cigar, it was a surreal experience, but at the, at the, at the core essence of it, you said it grounded you. For me, it was my quiet time. It was my 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 place where I could go and just feel okay and, and normal yeah. because I was always running and gunning and I never was able to relax. I think the key word for me was I was never able to relax. And a cigar, even though it's a stimulant, relaxed me and it relaxes most people. And at first, it gave me that 45 minutes to an hour where I could just go, okay. I'm okay. You know what I mean? And, and yeah. now people work their whole life to work, to go on vacation so they can have that. Oh my God. So I can have the two weeks a year or, or a three weeks where I can relax. The, oddly enough, uh, I'm fortunate enough to go on vacation a few weeks out of the year with my family. But those are the weeks that I stress the most because I know my wife doesn't want me smoking around her. So I'm trying to figure out wherever she's planning that vacation okay, when am I going to be able to run away and have a cigar? Oh, yeah. You know, oh, yeah. because mm -hmm. that she doesn't want it around her. So I have to get that hour out, somehow sneak away to have that cigar. Because if I don't have that cigar, I'm not right. If I go, you know, a couple of days without smoking a cigar, I'm on tilt. I don't know what it is. And it's not the physical addiction of, of because I just, you know, when I went through COVID, you know, I didn't smoke for two weeks and I did not miss it physically. No. You know, I wanted to smoke it, but it was like, no, I'm not healthy. I cannot smoke a cigar. And that was fine. It wasn't like a, oh, my God, I have to have that fix of no, nicotine that people it's a, say. It's a centering thing. It's a This levels me out. It relaxes me. And if I don't have it, like you said, you're kind of on tilt. Everything's a little off. It's a little cockeyed. And, and it's not like... It, I remember because I used to smoke cigarettes. If I you didn't smoke, you were, you were on edge and you were... Uh, it's not that it's just that everything just kind of is off and you don't feel quite like yourself and you don't feel 
quite like everything's right. And then when you finally get to that to that moment where you're able to to cut the cigar, toast the foot, and light it up, everything just kind of like all of your problems, not to get spiritual or metaphysical, but all those problems, you, you blow it out, right? You you take that draw and you blow it out, you know, and you taste it and and you retrohale and you you really get the essence of that cigar. And all of the worries, all of the stress, just kind of go with that smoke and it's out for that hour, 45 minutes, hour and a half, whatever it is. And everything is, everything's right. And I always say, everybody's like, oh, you know, what do you smoke in the morning? You know, and I tell them, I'll smoke this with a cup of coffee to set you straight the rest of the day. And if that's the only cigar I get is in the morning with a, with a cup of coffee, that's it. I'm straight. Like nothing's going to bother me the rest of the day at all. So and that's yeah. what I'm missing out of my daily life right now. Um, for me, sometimes I won't be able to have, if I'm in the office, I'm not out in the shops or on, you know, traveling for me, traveling, it means, Oh, great. I get to smoke more cigars, but when I'm home or in the office, sometimes the first cigar of the day for me is six o'clock, you know, after work. And I look forward to it. Like, man, you don't know. And that's like, no matter what else I'm doing, I I'm thinking about having that cigar and where I can relax. And it's crazy, you know, and I'm spending more and more time at home. Uh, and in the office, it's like, so like I'm only smoking, but I'll smoke, you know, one or two cigars regardless of what I'm doing. And if I miss a day, I feel like I'm off, like something's off with me that day. Yeah. You know, like I can't wait till tomorrow so I can smoke that cigar. So on vacation, there are days where I don't smoke and I try to take in whatever it is we're doing, um, which is usually enjoying some type of cultural experience of the country that we're in. But if I can't get my cigar in, man, I'm not right. No. Something, I, I, there's something yeah. wrong with us, you know, there really is. <laughs> Maybe no, I, I agree with that. Like a lot of times you'll be having a stressful day at work and then you're like, wait a second, when I get home tonight, this is the cigar I'm going to smoke. And then from that point on, nothing really bothers you anymore. It's all about getting through the day, getting to that cigar so that you can just relax, like, just let all that, James, you said it best, you know, you, you bring that smoke into your mouth. And then when you exhale it, all those frustrations and everything just go right with the smoke. I think that's one of the things that I like about cigars. Yeah. There's a lot, there's a lot of like. guys like you. Yeah. I was going to say the community aspect of it, but yeah, I mean, it really is a spiritual experience. And I think, I think, uh, you know, Luciano gets that he understands it. Uh, and it doesn't have to be uh, a cult of personality. You don't have to follow Luciano. You smoke his cigars, and and you can get inside the blender's head a little bit when you smoke when you smoke their cigars. I think because you, especially if you're able to retrohale, you really get the essence of what they're trying to put together, uh, and, and and that becomes part of you at that in that moment. That becomes part of you because that's helping you through whatever it is you're going through at the moment, and it. It's helping you release that stress. Uh, and there's something beautiful and poetic about that, spiritual. And uh, I really love it. And I really feel like most of this episode, I sound like a douchebag. 
Well, that's every episode, but you know, uh, one of the things that I've noticed uh, a little bit of a trend is one of one of your your icebreaker questions is always, "Do you remember your first cigar?" It's such a uh, cliche. He he copied that. That's not his. I I know we we did that at Smooth Draws. That was the first question we always asked anybody. That's kind of almost a generic thing. I mean, you know what? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It it starts the conversation. It's a good question. Is because it brings people to to try to think back to their journey, you know, of how did you get into it? How did you start this journey? Because what we really are concerned, as much as we like to promote brands and people's understanding of the brands and the people behind them, we want to know how they're connected to that leaf. And usually Mm -hmm. it's from their first cigar. So it's a good understanding to learn where their path and their journey was. That's my understanding. So he didn't invent it. But it is a very important thing. <laughs> no, and I wasn't going to give him credit either. No, no, no. I, fuck all. No, but what I really liked about that is like, and I just I hear it every episode, but I didn't really think about it until James asked, "Where do you see Luciano in five years?" And I'm like, "Ooh, okay, interesting." So I know that James can't a- answer this question, but where does James see simply Stogies in five years? Giving me some sort of aneurysm or. Or heart attack, I would imagine, <laughs> is where I is where I see it in five years. Uh, no, yeah. you know what? I mean, look, there's a it's something else I've thought about a lot lately, and 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 I've taught. I think I've been pretty open about this and transparent with you folks at home. Is that we are trying to take advertisers and and sponsorships for the show now. This is an expensive uh, thing that we're doing. It's more than a hobby now. It has become part of my identity and who I am, and I'm I'm certainly comfortable with that. But that means that we are going to have to take some initiative uh, to try to bring in some funds. And certainly I don't I don't want to bring in three hundred thousand dollars a year. I don't want to bring in, you know, that kind of money. I just want this to pay for itself. Um, And again, part of the legacy that I, I, I hope that I leave is that there is a way to do this where you can do it with your soul intact. Uh, and you don't have to sell it to somebody to, to, to make money and get through um, and do it with a little bit of integrity and, and a little bit of, uh, you know, do it the right way. And and I hope that, that we're able to do that, which is why I'm very transparent with you guys at home. Like we, we do have the LE club where if you'd like to donate to us, you certainly can. And you become an LE club member. Uh, and I think we're probably going to send some, some swag out this year to the, uh, LE club members. Um, uh, you know, but, but this is, I mean, you know, look, I'll be honest, going to Vegas costs, you know, us a couple grand a piece uh, for the hotel, for the travel, for the food, for, for, for all that. Then our time where we come back and we've got, you know, 20 hours of content that we've got to go through and we've got to edit and we've got to make it look good and make it sound good and, and, and get it out and highlight these brands in a way that does them justice and doesn't make us look like fucking idiots. Uh, and that's a, that's a lot of time and that's a lot of energy and that's a lot of effort. And, and so we do need to be compensated for it, I think. So I think in five years, where do I see Simply Stogies? Hopefully still doing the things that we're doing today uh, at a high level. I think our video uh, production is at, at, at a very high level, at least consistent with some of the other big guys out there that, that do the same things we do. I think our audio is superior. Um, sorry, guys, if you're listening or watching to this and you're like, well, my audio is good. Sure it is. Ours is better. Um, <laughs> uh, I've always prided myself on that is that uh, our audio is very good. Um, and, and still going around and, and learning. 
this is a this is going to be a process. Um, you know, if I had a million dollars in the bank, I wouldn't start a cigar company. I I would probably open a cigar lounge because I'm like Nick. I like to talk to people, uh, and and I come from a retail background like Nick, and uh, you know, sales, sales management, running a store, all that stuff, and and uh, not to toot my own horn, but I'm fairly good at it. And I think, I think getting marrying those things that I really enjoy talking to people and, and cigars and, and getting people to smoke more than just that, that regular, you know, well, this is what I've been smoking for 20 years. Good man. Try this. You like that? You're going to love this, you know, kind of thing. And, and, and building those relationships and the networking and that kind of stuff. That's what, what I would do. So what, where Nick is like, nah, I think, you know, I want to be on the, in, in the fields doing his thing. You know, Luciano talked about having that taste memory and Nick has that taste memory where you can, I know what's in that. And I think I can, if I, if I have access to that tobacco, I can recreate it. I don't, um, I, I don't at all. And so, you know, I think that's what, what, what I would like to do if I had a million dollars in the bank, but, but I don't. And so we're just going to keep doing this and busting out content and busting our ass and and bringing you guys different brands and different blends that you may not be aware of. And hopefully you guys get a chance to try them. And hopefully we've opened some eyes uh, and, um, and your palate a little bit. And I know that we have had conversations uh, about some possible things that we're going to do in the future that I'm excited about as well. I don't want to get too far into that until we get to that point, but I still think it's going to be really cool. Yeah. Um, yeah. We're going to hopefully become innovators in this, um, yeah. in this genre of media, if you will. Yep. Absolutely. Um, do we have any, uh, shout outs, any emails, anything like that, that you're tracking? I already did. I already talked to about Benjamin and, and, yep. uh, and, and that, um, Star Lord's birthday's tomorrow. So Caleb, happy oh, birthday. Happy birthday, Which, Caleb. At this point, you're gonna be listening going, that was like weeks ago. So right, happy right. belated birthday. Absolutely. Other than that, uh, I'm not really tracking uh a whole lot on that front other than what I've already covered. So no, perfect. All right. So um I did take a little bit of time to create a new email address for us. CTA stands for clear the air at simplystogies.com. So if you have any questions, uh, want me to ask questions or maybe whatever, shoot me an email. Yeah, complaints. Um, That goes directly to a different inbox. Don't worry about that. Uh, But yeah, as always, um, you can go on Instagram, YouTube, Rumble. Uh, I think we have a Facebook, but any of the social medias out there, just uh, search for Simply Stogies Podcast. You're going to find us, and that's where you're going to be able to get all of the latest and greatest content. Anything I'm missing, James? A lot, but no, I think you you covered covered all of it. missing yeah up, upstairs yeah, absolutely yeah, yeah all right uh thank you guys for jumping on james and nick i'm tim uh this is clear the air james go ahead and do your fancy tagline that you stole from somebody else did i did <laughs> no. i steal this from somebody else i thought they stole it from me Fuck. yeah you're right you're right okay all right just making sure that's nick thanks nick i appreciate i always love talking to you i can't wait to see you uh later this week in vegas tim on i'm not really looking forward to seeing you but that's yeah, all right. right uh that's tim that's nick i'm james Until next time, stay smoky, friends.